The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell, Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the Senior Minister and the Reverend Derek, excuse me, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Now, we're in the midst of a series titled Christian Healing, Christian Healing, and it is based on the book Christian Healing by Charles Fillmore. I'm teaching the book chapter by chapter, and my request is that everyone who is following along with this series if you're listening to it live, if you're going back to the website later on unity.fm, uh, Unity Online Radio's website, or if you're listening to it via the podcast later, let's uh, make sure that you get the material, do whatever needs to be done so you can follow along with us. Now, I'm going to go right into lesson five, which is how to control thought, how to control thought. And my book is page 50. And Fillmore goes into the beginning of the book of basically expl- explaining how thought works. The previous chapter was the formative power of thought, which talks about how um, thought forms and shapes existence. In this one, he talks about each thought of mind is an identity that has a central ego. By this we mean that every thought has a center around which all its elements revolve and to which it is obedient when no higher power is evidence. Thoughts are capable of expressing themselves. They think. Man thinks and he thinks into his thoughts all that he is. Hence, man's thoughts must be endowed with a secondary power of thought. Now, what this is saying is once we have a thought, once we start thinking and we produce a thought, once that thought is accepted in the subconscious mind, it becomes a part of our consciousness, it's a part of our belief system, they will many times act without our conscious awareness. This is what this basically means. If you've ever had an experience where you reacted in a way that was not necessarily consistent with your everyday walking consciousness, walk around dealing with folks, but something triggered something in you that caused a reaction that was possibly embarrassing later 
That was because those thoughts were doing their job. They were, they were created out of a certain type of intention. They were created out of a certain level of conviction. They were created out of a certain level of awareness and they will continue to do their job unless they are pulled back, denied, released, or transmuted into a new level of awareness. So it is really important that we recognize that thoughts are things literally from, and once I think a thought, it does its own thing. If you ever had an issue with a person that you haven't seen in 20 or 30 years and uh, you thought it was over with, like you go to a 20 year high school reunion and you haven't seen that person that you had issues with in 20 years, you hadn't thought about them. It really wasn't a big deal. But when you encounter that person, you start feeling a little funny. You start all of a sudden you start having memories of uh, of abuse, mistreatment, bullying, or they stole the person you want to hook up with or all that, you know, high school silly nonsense. And you wonder, why are you feeling this way? Why are these thoughts coming up? Why can't you engage with this person authentically? Well, it's because. Thoughts have secondary power, and those thoughts are doing their job. They were never really addressed. They were just merely suppressed. So when the opportunity came, when they were triggered by being in the space of this individual, everything came back up, and it was still on the job. Be careful around this person. Don't trust this person. Um, Don't forget what this person did to you, et cetera, et cetera, even though most likely that person isn't even thinking about what happened 20 years ago. Thoughts have secondary thinking power. When you realize this, then that helps you realize one of the ways the subconscious mind works. It's sort of like the old LPs being stuck in a groove. And that same part of the song would just play over and over again because that thought is stuck there. And what you have to do is Erase and replace, like literally, erase and replace, and we're going to be talking about that today. All right. Third paragraph on this page, page 50. The one essential fact to understand is there can be no manifestation without intelligence as a fundamental factor or constituent, constituent, I'm always messing this word up, constituent part. Every form in the universe, every function, all action, all substance, all these have a thinking part that is receptive to and controllable by man. Every form, this is key, every form in the universe, every function, all action, all substance have a thinking part that is receptive to and controllable by man. So there's an intelligence in the universe is saying that it is responsive to the consciousness of humanity. That's what he's really saying. Greg Braden talks about this in the book, The Spontaneous Healing of Belief, where he he gives experiments that uh, scientists and doctors have done to look at how the body responds to the intelligent directive of thought, feeling and word. Uh, But more importantly, he gives some examples from quantum physics about how the observed is changed by the observer. So the observer looks at a thing, the mere, the mere perception or looking or observation of a, of a subatomic particle causes it to react differently. If you look at it one way, it's a wave. You look at it another way, it's a particle. Why? Because this is telling us at the most basic base level of the physical universe consciousness affects it that's what it's saying so what Fillmore is saying here is the same thing there's a thinking part that is receptive and controllable my man does that mean that we know how to do that correctly most likely not and do we understand what that means at a high level far as being masters of our experiences most likely not, but it doesn't change the fact that if there's been anyone who has ever 
been healed through prayer, through speaking the word, through faith, then it's possible that anyone can, that anybody who's ever applied spiritual law and gained prosperity, then it's possible that everyone can. See, see, the thing about it is you only need someone to break the barrier to show that it's possible. To show that it's possible. That's the key. Is it possible? You know, um, Roger Bannister ran the four-minute mile decades ago. Before Roger Bannister did it, or he ran the four minute, uh, the mile in under four minutes. Before he tried it, uh, the doctors and scientists uh, throughout the ages thought that man, humanity, didn't have the lung capacity, the strength to do it. People tried it in the Greek and Roman eras, and they trained people to do it. They would let animals out behind them to see if they can get it done, and it didn't happen. And then Roger Bannister did it. And then a few months later, a couple other people did it. Now, junior high boys and girls are doing it. Why? The belief was broken. People know it is possible. So that hurdle isn't there anymore. And with the thought process of understanding how consciousness works, as long as Anyone has ever been healed, they're the Roger Bannister of healing. So we know many people have been healed through prayer. Many people have been healed through meditation. Many people have been healed through visualization. Now, you know, now if they call it remission or healing, if they call it, we don't know what's happening. Uh, if they don't want to call it healing, it doesn't matter. The issue comes into play is if sick disease cells turn into healthy, constructive cells, what changed? And if that could be manufactured from the without through medicine, then who's to say that it can't be manufactured within through spirit? That's one level. Because the, it's, the intelligence of man or humankind is actually directing the process, the outer process that creates the medicine for the healing, whether that's herbal or traditional medicine. So it's all God. It's all God. Because who told the shaman 800 years ago to put this particular herb with this particular bark, with this particular vegetable, with this particular fruit, put it all together and let it sit for, for two weeks and then you can use it to put on people's uh, injuries or then you can boil it and drink it and it'll heal internal organs. Who told them that? There's an intelligence within humanity. And there's an intelligence in the manifest universe, which your body is a part of that is responsive to the thinking of humanity, whether you are imposing it on from the outer or transforming it from the inner. All right, back to the book. All right. He says, again, on page 50, material science has observed that every molecule has three things, intelligence, substance, and action. It knows where it wants to go. It has form and it moves. Intelligence or wisdom or innate knowledge Substance, which is form, and action, which is life. All right. So, according to the metaphysician, he says this intelligent principle in all things is the key to the metaphysician's work. He does not concern himself with the action and reaction of the chemistry of matter, nor does he need to know all the intricate laws of electricity and magnetism, or I would even say quantum physics now, because he was speaking in his era, in order to get the highest use of them. They are susceptible to thought through the knowing factor in their construction. Hmm. They are susceptible to thought through the knowing factor in their construction. What is this saying? Through you can speak. The word, think 
into, visualize or vision or meditate into the intelligence within the very atoms and molecules in your body. That's what it's really saying. There's an intelligence that responds. There's an intelligence that responds. The same level of intelligence that knows to, when you need to have a monumental effort, dump the adrenal glands into the system. The same intelligence that knows how to heal the scratch when you bump into something and scratch your leg. There's an intelligence. That's working on automatic. What the early New Thought writers rediscovered, they didn't discover it, rediscovered, but they did put it into a system, was that you can in, you can intelligently direct the innate intelligence within your body. What does that mean? Your whole body has is, is mind, not just what you consider brain. The mind is in every part of your physical being. So when you are speaking the word to your toe, you're still speaking the word to your mind. So it's all consciousness work. So. I'm going to read something, a, a quote really quickly, and then I'm going to come back to it. This is because um, we're going to I'm going to do a little bit of teaching on denials and affirmations. And I think this is really important because what it actually says, this is in the newer version of New Thought Christian by William Morch, the latest version on page 61. He says, denials and affirmations are tools for changing your consciousness. Because the chapter Christian healing is about to start talking about denials and affirmations. So I'm going to read these five basic definitions Well, not five. I might not read them all, but the first one is denials and affirmations are tools for changing your consciousness. Denials erase, cleanse and release all beliefs, thoughts and concepts that are contrary to reality. Affirmations are statements of truth by which you build a conscious awareness of God and an existence of total goodness. So I'm just going to stay with those three. Denials are affirmation. Denials and affirmations are tools for changing your consciousness. So if you want to know how do you control thought? One of the ways we teach and one of the primary ways we teach a new thought, especially our brand of new thought is denials and affirmations. Now, if uh, I actually did uh, a whole show on denials and a whole show on affirmations when I did the lessons on lessons and truth. So if you want to get, more detailed than what I'm going to give today, you can go back and listen to those because this is an aspect of this chapter. I actually did whole shows on just these two things before. Or if you're in the Chicagoland area, just come to Christ Universal Temple and sign up for a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute and we'll teach you how to do that. Or find another church in the Universal Foundation for Better Living and we'll teach you how to do that. And if it's not, and if we're not around, find your local New Thought church. Google it or whatever you need to do. Unity Church, Centers for Spiritual Living, Divine Science, uh, those are the, and Universal Foundation for Better Living. And then there's a lot of independence. So I, I'm not going to start speaking to all of those, but get into a, a church and let them teach you how to control your thought because your thought is your life. Life is consciousness. And as Emma Fox says, there's no such thing as undemonstrated understanding. So your understanding is built by your thought. So thought is demonstrating itself all the time. And thought, because it has secondary thinking power, if you don't, if you're not careful, your thought, you will know you don't want to do something and find yourself doing it anyway because your, because your will you are, you, your will isn't, at this point, uh, strong enough to consistently say no to that which you need to say no to. Now, this is why you got to learn how to develop and control your thinking. I'm looking at the clock, and we're coming up on our first break, so 
We'll be right back with Truth Transforms. to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Looking for the spiritual in your everyday life? Searching for meaning in the meaningless? Check out the book Rants to Revelations by Reverend Ogenholder. Using his characteristic wit, humor, and storytelling, Reverend Ogan brings spiritual insight into practically every arena of human life. From issues of spiritual growth and family life to deep theological concerns about God and reality, he combines personal narrative with philosophical and scientific understanding to bring a fresh perspective into the life of faith in today's postmodern world. Pick up a copy of Rants to Revelations today from www.rantstorevs.com. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, Politics, colleagues, family, and friends, all are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and... Your soul wants five things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. Again, we're talking about how to control thought. I'm going to go back to the William Warch in a moment. But if you go to page 51, he starts talking about the power of the yes and no. In the middle of page 51, he says, The metaphysicians discern the cause of these two movements to be yes, the yes and no of mind. These dual attributes of mind are in evidence everywhere, but they are not understood by those who observe only form instead of spirit. He starts talking about what we call the positive and negative poles of the magnet, what we consider the polarity. Now, notice I didn't say duality, the polarity of life, you know, North Pole, South Pole, etc. So there's so from the metaphysician standpoint, the exercising your power to choose your thoughts and to say yes to some things and no to others is the key to controlling your thought. What are you saying yes to? And what are you saying no to? And is your yes firm? Is your no firm in consciousness? In the book of Revelation, uh, one of the churches um, um, was told, you are neither hot nor cold, therefore I will spew you from my mouth. I'll throw you up. In other words, uh, like a warm, like a meal that's neither hot nor really cold. You know, people eat hot food. People eat cold food. People very rarely eat room temperature cooked food. They want it hot or they want it cold. They want warm drinks like coffee or tea uh, or they want cold drinks water, juice, you know, soda or whatever. Well, it's the same thing. How firm is your yes and how firm is your no when it comes to the things that you encounter 
not just within your own thought, but as you live life and you are being exposed to different things, how firm is your yes and how firm is your no? And are you very clear about who you are and what you stand for? All right. So he goes on to say, it is found that by the use of these mind forces, yes and no, denial and affirmation, Man can dissolve things by denying their existence, and then he can build them up by affirming their presence. Now, that's key. We can dissolve through denial. We build through affirmation. We dissolve through denial. We build through affirmation. Now, sometimes we're denying and saying no, to our goods. I'm going to teach this denial and affirmation a little bit differently today. Sometimes we're denying our good. We're saying no to the possibilities of God in our lives, and we dissolve what's possible as far as health and prosperity, well-being, love, and divine order because we're dissolving it as a possibility. Somebody brings an opportunity, ideas, and whatever, or a spirit has said, this is what you need to do, and this is why you need to do it, and you start playing with it in your mind, and you deny that it's possible for you, you're dissolving that as a, as a, as a potential good. Denial is supposed to be used to deny, as William Warch wrote, denials erase, cleanse, and release all beliefs, thoughts, and concepts that are contrary to reality. Reality is the truth about God, that which is permanent, enduring, unchangeable. That's what denials are supposed to be for. But we can say no to all type of stuff, including our good. Then he talks about affirmations. Affirmations are statements of truth by which you build a conscious awareness of God and an existence of total goodness. That's what it's for. But sometimes we build up or we affirm nonsense and we make it more firmer in consciousness. This is why people say where your attention goes, your power flows. You start giving all your attention, your words and your, your, you know, and you start to feel in your body these issues and dramas and traumas of life. What you're doing is you're building it up in consciousness and actually making it more firm. You're creating structure around it. So this is why it's really important to know part of a denial sometimes is just the non-resistance of spirit. When when Pilate came to Jesus and after he was arrested and said, don't you know that I have the power to free you or let you go? I can put you to death, basically, is what he's saying. I control your life. And Jesus was like, you can't have any power over me unless it's given to you by my father. Total denial. You don't have any power over me. People bring things to us, and at times we think that there is a power. Now, I'm not saying that if you have a job, that you're not, you know, and and it's within your um, um, your job description to p- perform a particular task, and it's brought to you in a professional manner. You don't have any power over me. That's true. That person has no power over you. But if you want to continue in, in employment or continue in that business venture, it might be wise to reconsider your position about handling what you're responsible to do in that particular experience. But no one has power over you. So let us be careful that we're not actually misusing the tools that we have for our well-being. I, I see... You know, someone once wrote, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. When you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So we need to make sure that we're not becoming one-trick ponies when it comes to how to control thought. Let me give another example. Forgiveness is a form of denial because denial dissolves. So you might think, I'm need to go in here and affirm this truth. And what might need to happen first, potentially, is the forgiveness, the release, the letting go, the letting God. So you can get to the place where you can trust and then affirm the good. I'm not saying you can't affirm your good first, but you might be in a mental space to where 
the affirmations are not necessarily impacting you because you're holding on to so much stuff in your subconscious mind or you're holding on to this energy in your body and it's actually making you sick. There are people who literally are holding so much energy in their bodies from what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis based upon their perception, based upon, and, and that's the key, based upon their perception of what's going on, based upon the the generated stress. Why do I say generated stress? Because stress is not an outer thing. Stress is self-produced. And whatever's going on in their outer experience, in other words, you know, loved ones get ill, uh, jobs, sometimes you get pink slips. Uh, sometimes you have more month than money. Sometimes the kids just start acting crazy, whatever. You know, uh, the person you want to hook up with don't want to hook up with you anymore. All type of stuff. And people sometimes hold that in their bodies. The business deals, uh, they get the money is taking longer than you thought it would take. And, and, you know, now you've put yourself out there and now it's, you're out there in the wind and you don't know when you're going to be able to recoup the money to pay the people you owe, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You hold on to that energy in your body and it transmutes to, into all type of different types of illnesses that are, that are stress related, that are anxiety related, that are fear related, that are frustration related. Because you're carrying around this weight. So, being more dogged and determined and willful at that point might not help you. Doubling down on your affirmations might not help you in that space. You might need to exhale at that point. That might be your controlling of thought. That might be you letting it go so you can get it back. Jesus said, you got to be willing to lose your life to gain life. And when you forgive, you seemingly give up control so you can gain control. Even in the people who who uh, deal with substance abuse. And I, I don't know anybody that doesn't know someone that has wrestled with alcohol or drug abuse. Uh, many times when people go through those type of programs, they'll tell you things like, I had to learn how to surrender it to God. They could, you know, they could be highly successful, willful people who are successful in business and can make stuff happen. They could build up, but it wasn't beneficial to them. They had to learn how to deny, deny that they knew what the heck they were doing and release and learn how to trust their understanding of a higher power so they can get themselves back. Then they can start working on the things they need to do because they had to create a vacuum. They had to create an opening through which spirit can work, and then they can take conscious control. Back to the book. All right. He says on page 52, the power of the mind to build or destroy is exemplified most strikingly in the human body. Whatever we affirm is true of us manifests itself in due season somewhere in the organism. Whatever we deny is taken away when the law has had time to work itself out. So he's saying when we're affirming it, it shows up and when we deny it, it's taken away. Again, denials dissolve, affirmations build up. It's just an easy way to think about it. If you're wrestling with something right now, and it seems as though the denials and affirmations aren't working. First of all, you might need to get really present to uh, what am I doing and why am I doing Did this situation cause more for me to be in a space of denial, forgiveness, release, non-resistance. Does this require right now at this point? And it can, the same thing can require different things at different stages, like a like a pregnancy. You know, the body, the the fetus requires different things at different stages. The mother requires different things at different stages. The process is different in different stages. Life, the process is different in different stages. So while you're going through and working through something, what's required right now? Sometimes it's that release. Sometimes it's the forgiveness work. 
sometimes it's the it's the the stop being so judgmental and willful and critical uh energy that needs to be let go. And then you can affirm the truth. In other words, you, you're creating space for spirit to do its work within you. Jesus said you can't put new wine in old wineskins. Back to the book. He says, the body is made of cells, some in radiant state, some crystallized into form. The crystallizing of these radiant thought forms is a result of affirmations in man's mind that the body is material instead of spiritual. The affirmative state of mind is a binding holding process, involves all thoughts and all thought manifestations that come within its scope. Let me just stop there for a moment before I go to the next part of this. So when he says the body is made out of cells, cells, some more radiant, in other words, healthy, whatever, some more stuck to the concept of being formed. Now, this is metaphysical terminology. Um, because he was trying to use language. It was no language to really explain what he was talking about. Cells are cells. Some cells express at a healthier level than others. And if we want the cells to uh, express at a healthier level, then we need to be able, as I spoke about earlier, to be able to affirm and uh, direct the innate intelligence, light, power that is inherent in the cell. I just want to make sure that we, we, we get that. As far as it says that uh, the, the, these thought forms, uh, is the, uh, these radiant thoughts forms is the result of affirmations of man's body, et cetera, et cetera. This doesn't mean that you've actually been affirming something. All it means is you've been saying yes to something. You've been building up a thought process of what it means to be a physical being in a physical universe governed by physical laws instead of a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual laws. But you're having a human experience or human encounter. In other words, we're not denying that we are also physical beings, but we're saying we're much more than that as well. We're spiritual beings. We're um, we're mental beings and we're physical beings. And that's key to understand. All right. Back to the book. Because he really gives uh, the whole show in the bottom paragraph of page 52 about affirmations. I love this. He says, affirmations do not have to be made in set terms such as I affirm my body to be spiritual. The general trend of the mind, the sum total of thoughts in all its aspects, aggregate the affirmations that fix and crystallize thoughts into form or, or forms. Excuse me. What this is saying is this. Your general trend of thinking, your dominant way of thinking, your dominant consciousness, your dominant awareness your dominant perception, your dominant context, your dominant paradigm creates the experience of your body and body of affairs, life, world, and affairs. So you don't have to affirm a thing. Your dominant state of consciousness, in, to an extent, is an affirmation. Because thought is formative, as we learned in the previous chapter, my dominant way of thinking is forming something. So how do I think most of the time? What am I thinking about most of the time? That's what's going to continually show up. So if I want a different experience, then I need to have different thoughts. This is what Eckhart Tolle talked about in The Power of Now and in the book A New Earth, which also, by the way, I did a uh 11 or 12 weeks on the new earth by Eckhart Tolle sometime last year. I think it was last year or the year before, but anyway, the point is this. He says you have to get present and consciously aware. He calls that the now. Am I in the now? Because if not, the mind acts on automatic based upon the past and past thinking, previous thinking will 
continue to recreate, reform life experiences, including cell, muscles, and tissues that are based upon the previous awareness. If the body is brand new every, what, six, seven years from head to toe, every cell of the body, millions of cells go away every day just in the shower. You have a new heart every so often, lungs and whatever. How come the body is continually still breaking down? Because we're passing all on these old patterns. This is why prayer, meditation, even exercise helps change and recreate the body. So we're coming up on our last break. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Have you seen Unity Magazine lately? There's a new editor, a fresh new look. And now, Unity Magazine has gone digital. Print subscribers, you can access Unity Magazine for free from your computer or mobile device. Non-subscribers can buy single digital issues through Google Play, Amazon, and the Apple Store. Sign up at our website and let Unity Magazine become your favorite digital resource for spirituality and inspiration. To learn more, visit unitymagazine.org slash digital. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I do want to remind you that this show, along with all the shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donations. So you have freely received, please freely give. If you are listening to the show live, you can click on the donate button at unity.fm and help support this online ministry. If you're listening to this later via a podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, somebody sent the email link to you, uh, etc. Just go to unity.fm, which is Unity Online Radio's website address, and click on the donate button and help support this online ministry that helps literally transform lives. I've had so many conversations uh, around the Chicagoland area and emails to my uh, Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend, excuse me, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Yeah, that's the name of it. Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell of people who listen to this show who are nowhere near Chicago, nowhere near Christ Universal Temple. They're different countries. And they listen to this show and and in areas in the United States where they can't go to a class. There's no Unity Church, UFBL Church, Divine Science Church, or any anything that looks even close to New Thought. So these shows, not just my show, these shows are literally lifelines to people. Make sure that you are a stand for the transformation of consciousness. Um, support what you believe in. You know, I, as I tell people all the time, let your money, talent, and time show up where your mouth is. It's one thing to say what should be happening. It's another thing to be a part of the solution. As um, I think it was John Maxwell 
he might not have wrote it, but he quotes it in one of his books. When there's a fire, you can go to it with a bucket or with a, a, a bucket of water or a bucket of gasoline. Criticizing what's going on and not addressing it is pouring gasoline on the fire. Being a part of the solution to help um, diminish or stop uh, some of the things that are going on is putting water on the fire. Be a part of the solution. And again, um, if you want to call into the show, you still can. This is the last segment. So let me just make sure that I offer that because I realize when I teach these type of courses, I rarely get calls and um, I actually do like the calls. So if you're if you have questions or concerns, please reach out. Call. You might help somebody else with out with your question. Anyway, you can call at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. All right. Back to the book. And on page 53, he writes, Charles Fillmore, talks about how at times the body, on page 52 and 53, how the body responds to certain types of states of consciousness. And I don't want to read these as being something that are that's etched in stone. These are just things that through his work he observed. Does that make it law for everybody? No, but it might be worth some consideration. He he writes on the bottom of page 52. uh, He says the universal desire striving of men and women for material possessions, the strongest kind of affirmation affecting both mind and body in the marked degree. Stomach troubles and constipation seem to be common complaints with those who are financially grasping. In other words, they don't have balance and and, you know, they're kind of trying to gain and whatever. And in other words, the mental stuffiness is showing up in the body. The tense state of mind that this affirmation sets up extends throughout the body. All the muscles, nerves, and organs become fixed and almost immovable. He said this was forcibly illustrated in a certain banker who was so grasping that his right hand closed rigidly so that he cannot open it again. A set ambition and intense desire to excel in some chosen field of work will produce like results. A dominating will. Now, here's the key. A dominating will, which means it's not balanced with love, with wisdom, you know, etc. A dominating will fixed in any direction is a form of affirmation, and it affects the life action of in the body organism according to its intensity. So when you can... You can literally lock in, which is good in a way, because sometimes you have to lock in to get a desire that you want out of life. But if you stay there all the time, then you don't allow time for your body, your mind, your emotions to recoup. Look at it this way. If you're a NASCAR driver, NASCAR, for those who, who, who might be listening to this outside of the United States, is one of the main um, car racing organizations. If you're a NASCAR driver, um, those cars have to be replaced after a while because those cars are driven primarily at the highest speeds. The RPM is always going. Those engines are always being redone. So you can't drive a regular car on the streets, even if you were the only person on the highway, and the only thing you were doing every day was pedal to the metal. You will burn the engine out. And sometimes we we create these pedal to the metal lives where we never give ourselves an opportunity to rest or have recreation or any level of entertainment. And I'm not saying that it's supposed to be out of balance because anything out of balance, you can have too much rest, too much entertainment, too much uh, uh, relaxation and don't accomplish anything. And at the same time, we can be goal oriented and still take time out to, to to go hang out with some and grab some grub with some friends or go to dinner with your significant other or spend some quality time with your children or go do some me time alone time. Because if you allow the will to dominate, this is what's going to happen and this is why it's going to happen. And no matter what, and it's heck of high water, no matter what, that will have an effect on your body. 
you have to find ways to make sure that you maintain a harmony. You know, because, you know, I, you know, I can remember a person that I, I knew very well used to always say to me, there's no such thing as balance. But, you know, people, uh, you know, you know, who are high achievers don't have balance. They're they're imbalanced by, by nature. To an extent, that's true. But that doesn't mean you can't have harmony. In other words, do I have to keep the RPM all the time? Can I take my vacations? Do I need to take days off sometimes? Do I need to have some me time? Do I need to have some quiet time? Do I need to have some silly time? Do I need to have time where I just laugh? That creates what? Harmony. And it doesn't allow the will to become dominant because, you know, we don't want a situation and circumstance where uh, we accomplish all that we accomplish and then we spend the money trying to take care of a broken down body because we refuse to take care of it. All right. All right. He uses this as an example on page 53 um, where the no phase of mind is too much in evidence. The whole consciousness is in relaxation. The success of negation makes the thought indefinite and vacillating the body weak and flabby. So yet again, We can't be in a situation to where we don't have any intent or we don't have anything that we're making firm in consciousness where we're not holding on something to be able to attain. And he talks about the various things that can happen to the body when we are in that state of consciousness. You know, as uh, my brother Les Brown used to say, uh, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit nothing dead on the head. You have to be able to put your mind on something and know when you achieved it. That's also an affirmation. In other words, do you know the score? One of the things that I do, I I like sports. I watch basketball. I watch football. Those are the two sports I like in particular. And but I watch anything else. If it pops on, I might browse through. But the very first thing I do when I turn on the game is, is look at the score. Because the score tells me a lot about what's actually happening in the game. How do you keep score in your life? How do you know when you're winning? How do you know when you need to work on something when it's not the way it needs to be? Let me give an example. When you go to the doctor and you get a checkup, the checkup is just a score. That don't mean you can't change the score. When you go and blood pressure and cholesterol and the heart's not beating right and the, and the levels of this is off and whatever, that's just a score. It's, you know, the test came back, this, this, and this. That's just a score. Scores can change. But that tells you is, for instance, say those those things are not the way they need to be. From a standpoint, if you're playing if you're playing uh, football and you're behind, the way you play when you're behind and is different than you play with a lead. You're more conservative with a lead, but when you're behind, that's sometimes the best football because that's when you start to blitz the quarterback like crazy the opponent's quarterback. You start coming out with different packages and linebackers. You're sending the safeties and the cornerbacks. If you play if, on offense, you go to your two-minute offense. You spread the offense out. Forget this trying to have a balanced offense. Now I need to start slinging the ball all over the place. Quarterbacks taking chances. They're doing things. They speed up the pace in basketball. The teams fall behind. They start trapping. They start running all over the place. They try to speed the game up. Why? Because they're trying to get more possession. They're shooting threes more. They're, you know, if you got a guy that's hot, forget trying to play this balanced offense. Get a get a ball to the hot hand and let them shoot. Well, when the health isn't the way it needs to be, this is your blitz time. 
This is your two-minute offense time. This is your trapping and running and shooting threes and dunking the ball and riding the hot hand time. This means you have to increase the pace. This is the prayer and meditation time. This is the visualization time. This is to go go running and walking and go to the gym time. This is to go do the yoga time. This is to go do everything you can to get your health the way it needs to be. Get your diet right time. Drink more water time. Get more sleep time. Whatever it takes for you to get where you need to be. When you are down in the game and it's late, you start pulling out whatever. If you got to hack a shack your way back into, into your health, as that's the term in basketball, keep fouling an opposing player who can't play, uh, uh, shoot free throws well. I'm using it as an analogy just to say, you, you do what it takes with, and I'm saying this, let me just put this disclaimer in legally to, Put yourself back in a position to win. But the 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 tests, the checkups are just scorecards financially. Your bank account, your savings, your checking account, your investments, your debt is just a scorecard. But it can be changed. But it lets you know what you need to do. You don't need to be relaxed and all passive when the things aren't the way you want them to be. This is when it's time to put the energy into it to get it out of it what you need to get out of it. Bring up the pace. Make some hard calls. Go all out. These are the things you got to do. So with that, we're going to have to calm it on down. I didn't, uh, I'm not going to be able to teach the rest of the chapter, but that's what you have a book for. So finish reading the chapter. I hit the points that I wanted to hit, and I gave what God put in me. So I'm cool with that. Take the pay, the uh, the affirmations on page sixty. It's nine affirmations. Take three of them and work for one week with these three affirmations. Uh, I'll be with you next week with chapter six, the word. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Like life, grief is a journey, not a destination. Whether it is loss of life, relationship, security, or simply the process of change, have you given yourself permission to begin your journey of grief? Have you yielded to the gift of grace? Join Reverend Chaz Wesley every Thursday at 5 p.m. Central on a virtual navigation from grief to grace and explore new horizons of empowerment, significance, and support. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'll light a candle in your name. Things may happen around you, Things may happen to you, but the only things that really count are the things that happen in you. This meditative moment from Reverend Eric Butterworth is brought to you by Unity. Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week as she shares inspiration and tools to help you identify and dissolve the limiting beliefs that prevent you from living the fullest expression of what you are. Talk with Janice live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central on Receive Your Life, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Spirit of Recovery is the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth. Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., interviews down-to-earth guests who share with you how they keep going and growing in recovery. Spirit of Recovery is the place to get practical tips and join in lively discussions on topics that matter to recovering people. This program welcomes everyone who wants to know more about recovery. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time on Spirit of Recovery, where we talk about what keeps you growing. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life.